friends, Misty here. I'm back with another episode of Marketing Sweats. Today, I have the distinct honor of sitting down with the CEO of OSF Healthcare, Bob Searing. What an honor to sit with the leader of our region's largest employer. Locally, OSF has more than 13,000 mission partners and more than 25,000 ministry-wide. I met Bob at the start of the Choose Greater Peoria initiative. I was told he had a heart for Peoria, and many of the major investments in our region by OSF were because of his commitment and vision. That couldn't be more true. He'll share those stories on this episode, along with much more about why OSF is involved in building our community for the future. For me, he's been someone I turn to when I don't know where else to turn. He gives solid advice and helps me watch out for things I can't see. I appreciate his vision and leadership, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you today. Welcome. Today I have Bob Searing with me, the CEO of OSF Healthcare. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Misty. It's a pleasure. Awesome. I'm so excited. You know, I told you as on our walk-in, you were actually my first interview of this season. You won't be the first to be released, but you're definitely my first interview. So bear with me as we go through the discussion guide. We have lots of ground to cover. Um, I have to tell you, when I first heard about you as a leader, I got a lot of feedback about how visionary you are, how warm you are, how committed you are to Peoria. And I have to tell you, on a personal level, you have been an amazing coach to me throughout this entire Choose Greater experience. So it's just been so great to get to know you. You're much too kind, but (laughs) but thank you for that. Absolutely. All that being said, I would love to give our listeners a little bit of background on you. So tell me sort of how you came up in the world, where you were raised, where you went to school. Tell us how you came to Peoria. Certainly. And it can start at the end and then uh, go back to the beginning. The end for us in terms of the length of time we've spent is really here in Peoria. We're okay. here over 21 years, and it was the best move we ever made back in 2002. Now, of course, we didn't know it at the time, sure. but it certainly has turned out that way, and we have spent more than our li- half our lives here in, in Peoria. That's great. But it didn't start out here. started on the East Coast, started in New York City. In the Bronx. My wife started in Queens. Oh, cool. We actually met on Long Island in grade school. Oh, in grade school. Sure. known each other your whole life. We have. Now, we didn't date in in grade school. It took a little (laughs) bit longer than that. But but we did uh, meet there. We got married on Long Island. I was working for various healthcare companies, but not on the provider side, on the payer side. Ah. So companies like MetLife, New York Life, Aetna. Sure. And so in doing that, we got to travel a bit around the, the country. And certainly we've lived in different places. So we lived down in Atlanta for a while, back up to New Jersey, okay. and down to St. Louis. And St. Louis was our last stop before coming up to Peoria, as I said earlier, back in 2002. Sure. So great opportunities to see different parts of the country. Yeah. Great opportunities to work for different companies, right. all, all large, old companies. Sure. Uh, and so being now with the sisters and being with the sisters for over 21 years, Again, the mission of the sisters, the ability to be able to lean into all of that and to be part of that for 21 years has just been wonderful. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about the transition from the East Coast to the Midwest and then ultimately the move to Peoria. What drew you here to ultimately take that role? Sure. So much of the moves were in and around business. And my wife has been wonderful because she has gone with me, whether she um, was really looking forward to it or she was a little uh, little trepidatious. So um, again, going down to Atlanta was business and so was returning back. 
then into St. Louis. And so the, really what attracted me here to Peoria uh, was, was the job, was sure. the business, and was the ability to join a mission and a ministry. And so when we joined OSF back in 2002, it was when OSF had a health plan. So OSF Health Plans okay. came up here to help in that regards, to be able to develop it. And then ultimately took over the role as CEO for the health plan. Okay. Little did I know that was a little foreshadowing as to what would ultimately happen in my career with, with, with a healthcare system, but um, was there until 2008 when we made the decision to sell the health plan. Ah. And I am so thankful that the sisters invited me to stay with the healthcare system. Sure. So I did not go with the sale there. Had the opportunity to do a lot of wonderful things within the ministry. Did different jobs from uh, looking at ambulatory services and, and operating those uh, to looking at ministry services, which is a lot of the back office. Uh, was the central region CEO for a period of years, then COO, and then ultimately a CEO back in 2017. Interesting. And it's been wonderful ever since. So your degree is actually in accounting. So talk a little bit about how your numbers mind, you know, what do you bring to the job from that standpoint and how has that helped you in all these different steps along your journey? Well, I'm sure no matter what profession you grow up in, that is the one that you think is the right one (laughs) for for your career. For me, I I do think understanding the financial aspect really means you have to understand all of the business. And that was certainly true on on the health plan side. So running different health plans, uh, looking at those financial aspects, ultimately, again, moving up in the ranks of the health plans until I ran several of those. But it really does give you the broadest view of all of the operations, what's necessary, gives you a keen insight into strategic planning, sure. looking forward, and how are you going to make the business sense out of, of that. And so I do think it was a wonderful foundation for, for the career. My degrees in accounting didn't spend a day as an accountant. Yeah. I don't know what that says, but, <laughs> but never spent a single day as an accountant. You just love the consulting side of things <laughs> and the operations. That makes big, good sense. You know, I heard through the grapevine, especially when you were on the health plan side, that you were one that was often a vocal advocate for investing in Peoria, especially for the employees. Is that true? Oh, I, I love Peoria. Some of the reasons that I think back to, so what drew us to it, and as you asked before, it certainly was the job. It was being recruited up here to be part of the health plan. But I'd say the other piece of it about Peoria itself was it truly is a family-friendly town. We right. had three younger kids at the time, and so moving them up here into an environment that certainly they could grow, they could thrive, enjoy the, um, both the community, the education aspects, the athletic aspects. Sure. Everything was really as we would have hoped it to be in in a very family-friendly town. So they really got uh, indoctrinated very quickly. Yes. Uh, They all left. And then they and they all returned. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> now we we did have one that has gone away again because she was really uh, she is really a warm weather person. Okay. So she and her husband and one of our grandkids are down in Florida. Right. That gives us a great place to visit in the winter. Absolutely, uh, that's the, awesome. The others are up here. Well, I love that you said it was the job because as we get into our choose greater talent attraction part of our conversation later, so many of the businesses that we spoke to out of the gate said, you know, we can sell our jobs. We have cool jobs. It's really selling. Peoria. So I'd love to hear from you sort of what your Peoria experience was like when you interviewed and when you came on board, you've been a vocal advocate of what a great place it was to raise your family and then sort of what your vision is or how you extend that same experience to some of the people that you recruit to the ministry today. 
No, it's a great question. And when I think about the initiative today in choosing uh, Greater Peoria, I also think back to 21 years ago, and we didn't have that. And there wasn't really that opportunity to to view a lot of Peoria, except of what I heard and what I heard from the folks that we interviewed with, the folks that took us around and looked at different real estate, to, sure. took us around and looked at the schools. They were all great ambassadors for Peoria. And that's where it really, I would say, closed the deal. Mm. It was, again, it was a good- It was our, the people. It was the people and what they felt. And these were all folks, whether it was on the business side at OSF or again, Real estate schools all spoke wonderfully of Peoria. That's amazing. Because so much of our campaign, you know, is about ambassadorship, right, at every level. And so being able to speak positively, which is not something we've historically done in Peoria, uh, you know, we're really working on changing our tune. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. And as I think of the last 21 years, somewhere along the line, we'd lost a little bit of that. That uh, pride. That pride, whether, you know, it was in different business changes, business environments that changed here in Peoria. But we definitely lost a bit of that, uh, sure. that really was that ambassadors, those ambassadors right. that I got a chance to meet. Uh, my wife, Barbara, got a chance to meet and again, really felt welcoming and, and really encouraging to come to Peoria right. for all that it had to offer. Well, and not just come here, but stay. It sounds like you were continually challenged. And I think that's part of it, too, is that retention and growth of the people who live here. There's so much opportunity. There certainly is. There's many wonderful organizations here. Uh, and you can start in any one of them and you can go anywhere in them. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's not always true. If you think across the country in different cities, oftentimes it's hard to get different opportunities, different challenges. I don't believe that's the case here in Peoria for any of the organizations. I think they, they really do challenge their folks in a good way. Mm. They really do help them grow and they want them to grow. We all want to see those who are, are part of our organization succeed to, to grow in, in what they do. And so I, I think that's, again, what a little bit of what makes Peoria special. I wish I could package up what you just said, because I do think that, at least for me, up to this point in our journey together, has been the thing I wish I could bottle up and sell, is just the level of collaboration between the leaders, the growth-mindedness that we all want to instill in our organizations. And so I'm curious, when you think about, is it 13,000 plus people that work for OSF in terms of your mission partners? Well, 13,000 here in Peoria. Okay. We actually have closer to 25,000 across the ministry. That's uh, great. Again, many of them do are here, and in part that is our flagship hospital, so St. Francis Medical Center and the Children's Hospital of Illinois, are the largest facility that we have. And so, again, that takes a lot of folks to, to make that magic happen there. And then you look at a lot of the support services, so whether that now is at ministry headquarters our service center, our IT center, Jump Innovation. You look at all of those different pieces. And again, the other parts of the organization, such as home care, the medical group, all of that wraps in. And, and many of that is headquartered here. And yeah. so that, again, is why we have the bulk of the mission partners. But we spread from just outside of St. Louis in Alton and in Illinois, go up to Rockford, go over to the south side of Chicago uh, we really stretch I-74 from Iowa to Indiana, and then we do have a facility up in Michigan, so Escanaba, uh, wow. which is in the Upper Peninsula, which is a wonderful place to visit sure. in the summer, uh, <laughs> unless you like ice fishing, sure. in which case it's a great place yeah. to go in the winter, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to serve all those different communities is, is wonderful. It's so, amazing.
Well, you've just started to scratch the surface and give our listeners a sense of just how wide and deep your organization really is and and the breadth of what you offer. Is it true that you are the largest employer in the Peoria region? Beyond Caterpillar now, even. Is that true? We are, given the growth of of both the number of facilities that we brought on board. And then, of course, all of the support services uh, that are located here that support those 15 facilities throughout Illinois and then up in Michigan. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. So talk a little bit about the strategy for the ministry right now. You touched a little bit of the high points and some of the things you're working on, but um, I know you're growing while at the same time, healthcare is sort of a difficult place to be right now and still meet the needs of all the people you want to serve. So tell us kind of some of the inner workings of what you're talking about. Sure. Well, when you think of strategy, so we're a faith-based organization, Catholic healthcare system, integrated healthcare system. And by that, we really mean we have the different pieces and parts that are important in how care is delivered. And it's often referred to as the continuum of care. Sure. So from early on in your engagement with a healthcare system is likely to be a primary care physician, or perhaps you've had some urgent care need or maybe even an emergency room visit. But as you go through life, you have different needs. You know, perhaps you've now married, you're having a family, and you're coming into our facility to, to give birth. Uh, and then all the way through to, in many of our communities, they are a large population of, of the aging population. I have to include myself in, in that list. <laughs> sure. uh, and as, as we grow older, we do have more healthcare needs. And so you begin to think about the specialists. You yeah. think about home care, physical therapy. You think about all of those different pieces. And so as an integrated delivery system, we really get to touch people in so many different ways all along their their healthcare journey. That's amazing. And I know your mission is serving with the greatest care and love. So talk a little bit about that as it relates to why you chose OSF and sort of what that looks like in your day to day. Well, first, I'd have to correct you Okay. Uh, in that uh, when we say uh, I chose uh, OSF, Sister Judith Ann would say, no, 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 God chose oh, you. that's amazing. She, and I'm absolutely convinced of it. Nobody winds up at OSF by accident. Yeah. We're all called. We all have different gifts and different talents. And as we look at that grand plan or that strategy, you know, we do some of the planning, <laughs> but I think there's a higher power that might have a, a great influence. What a neat way to answer for the question. And yeah. we all love Sister Judith Ann. She's so inspiring to be around. So, yeah. Well, you do. And, and I guess, again, how did we wind up here? And I mean that in the broadest sense for OSF. You have to go back 147 years when the sisters, six sisters first came to Peoria. They came from Iowa as they were called by the local priest to really begin to start health care. Uh, they started the first, uh, and I put it in air quotes, the first hospital on Adams Street, which was nothing much more than a house, but began to see patients there, mm-hmm. take care of patients there in their time of need. Think about the different events that happened uh, through that time. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, we just went through a pandemic, as did they. Right. And so, again, think of the health care back then in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And so from those six sisters, they were continued to call in different ways. So whether that was to Bloomington or Galesburg, Rockford, Pontiac, uh, and Escanaba, mm-hmm. uh, all of them, they were called there from their initial landing, if you will, here in, uh, in Peoria. 
And so a a wonderful journey that they've been on. And I often think of, you know, what would those six sisters think of the OSF healthcare ministry today and and what that looks like as compared to, uh, you know, really what they started. Absolutely. What a great legacy story, um, especially as you champion your own brand. Thinking back on that history versus where you are today. Talk a little bit about the major developments downtown, the Cancer Institute, and just kind of, you know, what do folks need to know about how inspiring that is for the economic engine of our region? Yeah, and things have been a little busy. <laughs> I imagine uh, so. And and so, yeah, again, I, when I first joined OSF back in 2002, so we were five hospitals and about 8,000 employees. Okay. And as I said, we're closer to 25,000 mission partners today and 15 hospitals. So oh, wow. a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. That means, again, a lot of investments both here and in, in their facilities. And when I think of, of Peoria as a destination center for OSF and for the various communities we serve, that's, that's really what we want to make sure folks have the availability of those services. Now, we believe fully that the closer to home you can receive care, the better. Better okay. for your recovery, better sure. for connection with your family. All of that is important. But we also recognize you can't provide the highest level of care in every community that we're called to serve. And so Peoria serves as that destination center. So whether you're looking at what would I consider the first real growth area in the children's hospital mm. going back decades and what, again, that looked like then, what it looks like today, I think of other destination services. So whether it's uh, neurosciences, cardiovascular and now oncology. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned the Cancer Institute. And so we're very excited to see that. And we're getting closer and closer to its opening. Looks like the the very last week of this year or more likely early next year. Okay. That will open. Wow. Lots of important things about the Cancer Institute that will serve folks in the greater Peoria area. But I think it's also, again, how do we connect all of the communities that we were called to serve? Mm-hmm. How do we do that in a way that when they need that highest level of care, they have access to it. Yeah, It's all connected. They're all working through a single electronic medical record, clinicians that work closely together, and they can come here for that highest level of care that they need and then return home. Sure. And then that through that, they can continue to get care. So again, using oncology as one, they may come here for surgery. They may come as they will in the future for the proton beam therapy, which is the highest level of, of cancer radiation uh, treatment. Uh, But then oftentimes they can return home for the balance of their treatment and their recovery. And as I said earlier, we really believe that the closer to home you can be uh, as you're going through a a medical event and as you're recovering from it, the better that recovery is going to be. Absolutely. Well, I want to circle back to the idea of a destination medical center. I have lots of questions for you about who Peoria is becoming because of those strategic decisions you're making. But I want to talk a little bit about what you said about returning home. I know you have a focus on digital health through OSF on call. I've heard about the medical or medication innovation collaborative, right? Um, And so of the funding around that. So talk about why that's such a critical part of your growth strategy. Now, we actually started that before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but then as many of the challenges and really the tragedies of the pandemic, there were some positives, if you you will. Not not that it balances it out. It, It did not. But definitely some positives in and around our ability to connect to people where they are. Mm-hmm. So when you think about how do we connect to somebody in the home, we've, we've done that for decades through home health. But now we can also add to that digital, digital monitoring. 
how do we understand day in and day out what is the, your health status? And so whether that's weight or whether it's blood pressure or whether it's an EKG or other pieces of that uh, puzzle so that we can better monitor and help you as you're navigating that recovery or through that health event. And so that expanded what happens in home health. Well, then you begin to think about virtual. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, during the early days of the, of the pandemic, nobody was going to any office. Right. You'd go to the hospital if you absolutely had to, right. but you didn't really want to. Yeah. And so again, how did we connect virtually? And that really pushed us much further along in, in that space. Absolutely. We actually had Jennifer Junis on the podcast, and she shared a lot about that vision of the sort of the hospital without walls. I know that was an early phrase that was used, yeah. but we've had an experience to be able to tour your on-call facility. And I think that it's such an important thing for the community to understand. It's not just the retail brand, right, that folks can walk into, but it's being able to serve people that are in the emergency department from a distance. And it's really quite um, an amazing innovation that I wanted to highlight for you guys because it's, it's special. Well, thank you. And it certainly is. And it has grown tremendously just over these three or four years. Again, we we started to build the platform before the pandemic. And then as we continue to expand that through the pandemic, and now, as you mentioned, hospital without walls, or now it's more typically referred to as hospital at home. But same idea. It's it's how do you recover uh, from that or even go through that entire medical event at home with, with greater technology. But how do we connect in the ED? How do we connect in the hospital itself with e-hospitalists? So folks who are sitting at on-call or maybe even at home, yes. but helping to monitor patients across the system. It's so cool. It's just amazing, the innovation in healthcare. So let's circle back to the Cancer Institute. You and I had a conversation early on um, when I was still seeking advice from all of our area leaders about what are the biggest giving needs in the community. And at first, this idea that some of the healthcare needs in our community, like the Cancer Institute, were rising up. There were some funding gaps that needed closed. So give us a sense of kind of where you are on that journey. I also, at the time, was thinking, you know, hearing the feedback that the future of Peoria is healthcare. It's not that we are abandoning our manufacturing routes, but we're going to have all these people coming to town. And so how do we welcome them and really do some community building, even around some of these very tangible developments that you're making? Thanks for the question. When I think of one of the earlier questions you asked about Peoria, and so why, why did we come here and why did we stay? And I think it's true for so many it's not only is it such a family-friendly uh, community, it's also such a giving community. Yes. It is the most generous community for a community of our size that I've ever been part of. It's so cool. And I've heard that from more than enough people to say, well, it's not just me. It's not just a few of us. I think it really is true and representative of the people and the nature of the folks who live here. Extraordinarily uh, giving community. And so when you talk about uh, philanthropy and, and in particular the Cancer Institute, we're doing well. We're, we're well Good. on track. Good. Now, I don't want anybody to take that as to mean <laughs> that you know we're done with our, our philanthropy. It's never done. Sure. There's always things that, that are done. But uh, I ha- had an opportunity to meet with Tom Hammerton, who heads up our foundation earlier today. Great. And that was one of the things that we talked about was, was how we were doing. And he is very confident that we will meet our goals by the end of this campaign. That's amazing. He does great work too. So good to hear. So what else? I've asked you a lot about the organization overall, but tell me, is there anything I should have asked or what do you want people to know about OSF and the trajectory you're on? 
Well, I, I'd say it's the continued growth. Okay. Uh, and I don't mean just we'll add more hospitals, and maybe we will, maybe we won't. I, I do believe it's about the communities that we've been called to, the ones we've already been called to. I think of the work that we're doing now up in the I-80 communities, so the, that River Valley area of La Salle, Peru, and with some of the challenges that they've had with healthcare and, and a healthcare sure. system that's closing. And I think, again, you, you often look at, so what is God really calling us to do as a faith-based ministry? And, and certainly that spoke to all of us about the needs in those communities. We had long worked with La Salle, Peru, and Spring Valley, and all of the other ones throughout that area, but more so in, the, in a tertiary quaternary standpoint. They'd come here for, again, that higher level of care sure. and then return home. This gives us an opportunity to work with them more directly on a day-in and day-out basis in primary mm-hmm. care and, and also uh, we'll, we'll have more another hospital facility campus there in that community. And so I, I think if say what what do I want to people know about OSF? We're always wanting to make sure that we're doing the best for the communities we, we serve and those communities that may need us. And so we have to listen carefully about whether, you know, again, God, is God calling us in that direction to help support that community? And, and often it, it happens. Say more about that, because so many of us only experience what it's like to be a patient, right, in the hospital or through your physician network. So tell me about a personal experience you've had recently where you really felt like we are called into this region. You know, tell me, tell me a story about what that looks like from more the internal operations side. Sure. Well, Again, I'll go back to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Lots of unknowns came upon us really in some ways out of the blue, although there were some inklings about it. But but the velocity and the ferocity that it hit us right. was was really overwhelming at first. And what role were you in at that time, Bob? Was it you were the CEO then yeah. too? Okay. I was the CEO. It started in 2017. Got so it. good news is I had a couple of years good. to get my feet wet. <laughs> But much more importantly than me, and and so I, I played a role, sure. but more importantly than me, it's the leadership team that came together during that. It's our 1,400 physicians and advanced practitioners across the ministry right. who came together. It's our hospitals, the nursing staff in each of those. And, and I have nothing but the greatest admiration for our frontline clinicians who, again, in, in that time of complete uncertainty with a novel virus that no one really understood the the depth and the breadth of it that didn't stop them right they went in they went into in harm's way as as you would say and they treated patients and we did as much as we could in each of those communities and again i've never had the opportunity before and i hope never to have again to see that kind of of banding together of leadership, of administration, of clinical, frontline clinical staff, clinical support, pharmacy, all coming together to fight a pandemic Mm. and and on behalf of the communities that we were called to serve. I can't, I mean, I know what I went through as a marketer. I can't imagine what you saw and experienced from your team. I'm sure that was humbling. What did you learn about the organization and about yourself in that process? Well, I'd say that what I learned about the organization and perhaps myself as well, and I don't know that I learned it there, but it certainly expressed itself in, in no uncertain terms. You put the right people in the right places and you let them go. Yeah. We were blessed to have the right people across the organization in these different, very critical roles. 
And then you support them. Mm-hmm. You, you find what you can do to assist and to aid and, and to sort of navigate the major roadblocks that we might see. Sure. Uh, but by and large, you have great people in all of those positions, and they really did step up. They all stepped up, and irrespective of where they sat in the organization, they all stepped up in, in the most difficult of times. That's amazing. Well, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about how coming out of the pandemic, we all got together as leaders in the community and talked about what this community needs. And like I said, certainly healthcare was at the forefront of that conversation in large part because you have talent attraction needs just like any other organization or business. So talk about how that rose up in importance for you. Maybe it was about a year ago now when we all sat in those workshops and why that was so critical then and if it's still a critical need today. Oh, there's no doubt it's a critical need. We talked a little bit before about that ambassador and the need for those who who are serving in the community when someone comes in to visit or someone comes in for that job interview or, or recruiting some folks is to be able to take the time to tell them really what is important to them about Peoria, sure. why, why they are there. Sure. And so if I have that conversation with a recruit or with someone who's thinking about Peoria, I have no doubt that I can tell the story of what was important to me and why I think it would be a great place for them to come. Yeah. I think we need more of that. Mm-hmm. We need to be proud of our story. I think it's often said about OSF and, and the sisters that we sometimes hide our light under a bushel basket. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think we have to be clear. I don't mean just braggadocious and, and go yeah. out there and go rah-rah, but I think we have to be clear that there are huge benefits for Peoria. It's a river city. It's always special to be on a river. Mm-hmm. It is, as I said earlier, it's a giving community. It's a family-oriented community. There's little traffic. Yeah. You know, if any of us get stuck at a traffic light <laughs> more than once, we're, we're saying, what is happening? Right. Just as, as a quick aside, I'd say that was probably one of the biggest challenges when we first moved here. Uh, my office was on Pioneer, and, okay. and I, we lived a little bit north of that. And so it took me six minutes to get home. <laughs> and that was really odd because you didn't have time to decompress. Sure. And so all of a sudden, you left work, and then you were home. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually was happy with the move downtown because at least that extended my commute to, <laughs> to 15, 15 To 15 Yeah, minutes. that's funny. So you got a little bit more time to decompress. But yeah. I think I, we are blessed in so many ways, and I think we just need to be proud to talk about that, right. uh, to communicate the reasons sure. here. So, yeah. So say more about the specific talent attractions needs. It's doctors and nurses, sure, but there's administrative needs, I imagine, across the entire footprint. It's not just Peoria. I know some of the folks in your organization have talked to me about how the concepts of talking about loving where we live and work, right, actually extend to all the kinds of jobs because you can talk about Peoria as your headquarters and why that's important to the ministry. So I would love just any thoughts you have about specific roles you need or how you're leveraging the Choose Greater Materials to tell your story. Yeah. Positions we need, all of the above. Yes. That, that one's easy. Thousands, think, right? Yeah, I think oftentimes when people think about healthcare, they do think about what you said earlier. It's the doctors, it's the nurses. And absolutely, we're always recruiting in those. But it's also a large organization, a large business. So we have every part of every business that exists on the for-profit side or the not-for-profit side. Right. So whether that's in finance and accounting, whether it's in supply chain, facilities, facilities management, dietary and all of our hospitals. If you think about, again, all of the workers there who keep that hospital clean, keep people fed, uh, keep them safe. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those are critically important roles throughout the organization. Right. Well, the whole goal of these conversations I'm having this season is to sort of paint the picture why business and community need to go hand in hand. You know, and I've heard it said that obviously a growing community helps growing business, that sort of thing. And I just was hoping that you could help bridge that gap for us. Why you chose to sort of invest in this initiative, bringing people to Peoria is obviously a positive thing for your organization and sort of where you want to see this go in the future. You know, this is a long-term effort. We've said that out of the gate. We're not just building a campaign that's a marketing splash, but we're really trying to build an operating model that helps marketing and HR work together with business leaders to build an engine that helps Peoria grow over the long haul. I'll start at the top level as a community. And I think everyone would want to see their community grow. Sure. They, they want to see it thrive. And so that means attracting new businesses, new employees, certainly, but we'd also like to attract businesses. Yeah. So some of the work that we do in the innovation space, really trying to create innovation that helps better deliver care to those we serve. But also sometimes it winds up with creating new companies. Yeah. And we'd love those companies to stay here. Sure. We'd love others to, again, find that Peoria is is a good place for talent acquisition, not just talent attraction. We certainly want to do that. But it is a manufacturing community. We have great manufacturing plants and people and engineers and welders and all of those different trades that are critically important in manufacturing. So we certainly want to see that continue attraction of businesses. We want to see that growth and we want to see a vibrant community. All of that's important. We want to see downtown grow. We feel very passionate and certainly with a ministry headquarters downtown, feel very passionate about downtown being a place that attracts people, that attracts people to live, to certainly come and for recreation, whether that's the civic center or for dinner or for Mm -hmm. walking along the waterfront. All of that is important pieces to it. And then, of course, all of that will lead to being able to attract the best talent. Absolutely. I love that answer. I think when I got into this line of work, I did not realize realize the ancillary innovative businesses that are coming around healthcare in our region. Like you said, your investment in downtown is huge. We want the patients who come here to be able to go to a coffee shop and hear our story in a positive way. You know, um, they're going to be here a while, right? Especially if they're going to the Cancer Institute. So what do those conversations look like within your organization, but then also some of the conversations you're having to have out in the community with other leaders to make sure that we see the vision? And we're always looking to attract talent in any and all of those fields that we discussed earlier. But I think it's also, I think we recognize that you also have to grow your own. Mm. Uh, this gets back to, we do at a leadership level, sort of succession planning. You certainly want to be able to develop the future leaders so that organization can continue to grow and to thrive. But I think about all of the different roles that we have. So whether that's a patient care tech in the hospital Oh, is that sort of first rung of that uh, delivery of care to patients in the hospital? We certainly want to provide them a path to look at nursing right. and for nursing to look at nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. or maybe they go into other fields. We do the same thing in all of the different businesses. So whether that is a medical office assistant in the ambulatory setting, whether that's a pharmacy tech or radiation tech, how do we give folks the opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. to be able to develop themselves and to move up the, the ladder and to earn higher incomes, uh, to be able to better meet the needs of their family? And again, that all provides them an opportunity to stay locally. That's amazing. And I think even the connect, this is not just talent attraction, it's retention, it's growth, like you're mentioning, but it's also workforce development, right? We have a population here that we can offer training and hopefully grow into some of those roles that as you move folks up the ladder. 
It is, and we have great partners here. So when we look at Bradley mm-hmm. and the, what they can do to help, again, attract and hopefully we retain some of those graduates, you look at ICC. And again, we, we partner with them on various programs. We certainly love to see more and more of those programs that, again, help our folks to grow. So whether that's a certificate, whether that's an associate's degree, whether that's preparation for advanced nursing school so they can get their bachelor's, right. all of those, those two institutes have been wonderful in that uh, progression for our employees to help them grow. Absolutely. Well, I have just been so thankful that you are sort of sitting at the middle of all this. You've given me good advice and helped me not sort of make any major mistakes through the process, I hope. But when you think back to the journey we've been on together for the last six months or so around the Choose Greater Initiative, like what stands out to you as, you know, what you're really proud of? What momentum are you seeing? Because we keep referring to this as a movement. And what do you hope to see over the next little bit here as we keep pushing the gas? Yeah, I think movement's a good description. I, I think when we first were talking about it, when I think about Doug Oberhelman and you and Will Williams and saying, hey, well, we're trying to get a group together and we're going to try to bring folks together and, and talk about Peoria. And so you're always a little bit cautious sure. to say, all right, I'll, we've done this before. I mean, yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, we'll see how this all plays out. Right. But it was different. In that very first meeting, it the, the sentiment, the passion, the uh, engagement was different. And you could tell right up front that this was a group of community leaders who feel passionately about Peoria, that want to see Peoria continue to grow, to move up and uh, to begin uh, to continue to meet the needs of our community and all of the employees that, that uh, we want to attract here. And so it was different from day one. And it has only, I think, grown stronger together as a group of business and community leaders coming together about greater Peoria. And I think that was the other piece that was different. Oftentimes, you're very siloed in in the focus on your own community. Right. Well, greater Peoria really does talk about all of the communities that surround, which is by and large where many of our families who employees who are mission partners who work for us, they live in Morton. They live in Dunlap. They live in Germantown Hills. They, they live in all of these different locations throughout the greater Peoria area, down in Pekin. And so we think by focusing on the greater Peoria area, it really does speak to all of those communities. Certainly, it's got a focus with downtown Peoria, and I think that's important. But I think it's just as important to have a, a vibrant downtown Peoria to attract people to Pekin. Or yes. to attract them to Morton. Right. And oh, so I love wanna- that. I recall, and I still feel this way as a marketing partner, very accountable to all of you, right? As sort of a, a service provider. But the the goalpost keeps shifting. And I was just talking to a reporter last week who wanted to know, like, but what are you trying to achieve? What's your tangible KPIs, right? And certainly we have a scorecard that we're tracking those things. But what I'm trying to convey now is talent attraction and positive Peoria and just the collaboration that we're trying to create is not just a one and done. That's a two-way dialogue all the time. And I think that's what you're speaking to is we felt that energy from the start and we still feel it. We can pick up the phone and call each other when we need help. We see that happening across the board. And that's really the movement that I want to see is more businesses jumping on board and realizing if we help each other, we all grow. I think we we certainly find that in our business, you can make change, but the real challenge is can you make it sustainable? Right. I think we're already making change. We're seeing positive results today. 
the the real litmus test will be five years from now. Are we still talking about choose greater Peoria? I certainly hope so. Sure. I want to see the Peoria area continue to grow and to thrive. Right. And so, and we'd love to be a part of that. And we, we certainly will be. I love that. Will Williams um, also said to me the other day, you know, Misty, it's one thing to do strategy well. It's a whole other thing to learn how to execute well together. And I think we're still learning and that's okay. We're kind of stepping through it phase by phase. But as we learn that, we're documenting those truths and hopefully we'll carry them forward into the next big initiative, which who knows, maybe is downtown, <laughs> right? That's a big thing we're all passionate about. It is. That's cool. Is there anything else you want to say about the Choose Greater Peoria Initiative? Otherwise, I have some questions about you. Uh-oh. Yeah, I better think of something so that, I... <laughs> so that the spotlight doesn't shine on you. So I think, again, a lot of thanks to you, to the Gilmore Foundation, to Doug, to Will, to so many different folks who have played an important role of bringing this together, to convening this group. And I certainly hope that it is truly sustainable through the, the next 5, 10, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I can't say enough about your help. And as one of our largest employers, the largest employer, without you, this wouldn't have happened. So again, I thank you in return. I would love to know just a few more things about you as a leader. I told you out of the gate how much you've helped me and how much you mean to me. I would love to know just some of your own core beliefs or leadership philosophies. You shared a lot about what you learned during COVID, but what are some of your secrets to success? I was just talking to someone who um, worked for you not too long ago, and she said, uh, Bob's usually the last to talk. He allows others to say, especially if they're closer to the issue, what's on their heart first. And so is that part of how you lead? Well, it is, and I think it's in part is to have con- enough confidence in yourself that you don't have to be the one who's at the front. Because again, we, we have, and I think of our executive leadership team, so it's 12 or 13 folks who are all experts in their own areas. Sure. And the important part is the voices that they all bring together to a particular issue or challenge or problem And the important thing is that they all have that opportunity to weigh in. Right. And so I do think that having that confidence that I don't have to be the smartest person in the room, thank goodness, (laughs) I I would not say that. But I would say that the ability to be able to bring people together to help with the vision thing, yeah. I, I think it's often referred to. I think that's that's critical. Can you help folks understand where we're trying to head overall as an organization and the vital role that they play in mm-hmm. that and really challenging folks to perform at a high level in order to help us get there? How does OSF do that? You know, I always, you've seen me do workshops, Bob. It's my favorite thing to do, that facilitation thing where you draw out ideas. And I found that you're really successful at summarizing and simplifying, which I think is one of your core skills. I'm sure you've learned that over years of hard work. But how do you do that as an organization? And I guess any words of wisdom on how to do that well? Well, I'll go back, and this is actually going far, far back in my career, because, yes, it, it is a perhaps an acquired talent. Uh, and I started, at least one of the roles was as a teacher. Okay. Now, I was teaching in health plans. I was teaching a new folks who were just out of college, and I was introducing them to Metropolitan Life and their role in MetLife as group sales folks. Okay. Uh, and again, there's, there's a couple of things about teaching. One, you'll never know a subject better than when you have to teach it. Sure. And two, you do have to be able to simplify because you're talking to folks 
that are just new to the organization, know very little about it, know nothing about the job. They're just coming out of college. Right. How do you keep their attention? Right. That's a challenge. Uh, but also, how do you really explain things in ways in, in ways that they can understand and, and bring forward? And so I think that was a great learning platform mm-hmm. to help me in, in doing that throughout the, the rest of the career. So that, so that was, was certainly a positive. I do think, you know, it's the things that you enjoy. So if you say, well, so what do you enjoy most about your job? It would be, again, going back to the vision thing. It's really thinking strategically about the organization. How do we meet the needs of those we currently serve? How do we look at opportunities to serve others? And how best to get there? Mm. And then being able to to synthesize that from the various leaders that we have and be able mm-hmm. to bring that all together into a, a vision that can then be presented, a big challenge, to 25,000 mission partners and have them all understand where the organization is going. Yes. We have a, a wonderful culture. Again, mm-hmm. that culture started 147 years ago with the sisters. They were vitally important in keeping that culture and that mission alive for all of these years as they are today. And so you start with culture, which is a wonderful platform to, to start with. And then you build on that by saying, the vision is how, what's the best expression of the mission? Right. How best are we going to fulfill what we were called to do? And then, as I said, being able to share that across all of our different markets, all of our different facilities, 25,000 mission partners, and have them aligned. I admire the fact that you are such a faith-based organization because you do have that platform to stand on, to guide every decision that you make. So I appreciate that. From a leadership standpoint, as you think about strategy and, and getting all those ideas, do you still rely on your numbers background? Certainly. It's kind of hard to go back from <laughs> from how, how you grew up in the in the business. And, right. and certainly that, that does help. Sure. Uh, and I do think, as, as we talked earlier, a financial background and understanding the financials of any organization uh, really is very helpful. And I've often said, folks probably at the office are tired of hearing me say, if you want to understand an organization's strategy, look at their budget. Yeah. Where are they investing, right? Where are they investing? Where are they spending their money? Where are they spending the time? Where are they hiring people? Right. That really is the strategy. Now, that may not be on their strategy map, but that truly is the strategy that that organization is going to execute on. Maybe right, maybe wrong, but that's what they're going to execute on because that's where they're spending their yes. money. And that's why I loved business school. Going through all those HBR cases and, yeah. and looking at that was very fascinating to me. Two more questions for you. So tell me about a failure or a lesson learned and what did you learn from that? I can't think of no. <laughs> I I don't know if that I have a singular failure that I learned so much from. I would say it is one. If you've never had a failure, you're not trying hard enough. Sure. So you, push yourself. Every, right. Everyone is, is has or or likely has had failures. I think for each one, it's what did you learn from it? It's to be reflective. Right. To understand what went wrong. Right. To understand what you'll do different because I I think the worst sin for any of us is to repeat the same failure over and over again, sure. which just proves you didn't learn anything <laughs> from the first time. Right. And so it should, you know, that's an expensive education. So you should take something from it. So we do, and we do this as an organization. I do this as, as an individual is as things didn't go exactly as you planned. So why? Mm-hmm. And understand that. And again, strive to do better 
strive to as you either create the strategy or is it about the execution or is it about the people? Try to do it different and better the next time. I lied. I have one more question. So you talked about your culture and I've had an opportunity to sit in rooms with some of your key leaders and you're so kind. And I love that. And that obviously comes from a very good place. How do you handle conflict? How do you handle some of the parts of business that are challenging where you have to lean into one each other? Because I think all of us as leaders can take lessons from how your culture looks day to day. Yeah, I, I think that comes from the, the mission, the vision, and the values of the organization. And so one of our values is open and honest communication. Got it. It is better it to be open and honest and really talk through an issue than to keep it hidden or to keep it quiet. And, oh, it'll get better with age. Nothing other than wine gets better <laughs> with age. Uh, this is true. And so I think that is part of the culture, part of, of the mission is to have those open and honest dialogues, but to do it in a way that's respectful. Sure. It doesn't mean to... to it's not personal. No, you don't yeah. want to run somebody down because for whatever the reason, uh, but to have that conversation. And again, to the extent that uh, we all learn from our mistakes, that person is going to do better the next time. Absolutely. That's amazing. We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Symantle. I happen to know a thing or two about them because I'm one of the owners. Symantle is an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We not only execute killer marketing campaigns, but we help organizations align around goals, audiences, messages, channels, and tactics to create more than campaigns, but programs that align to business strategies. Symantle has 40 years experience crafting positive, engaging customer experiences at every point in the consumer journey. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, head to symantle.com slash blog for more content. You'll find articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, webinars, and more to help you keep learning and growing right along with us. Okay, my last question for you. Um, I ask this to every podcast interviewee. What's something you're personally wrestling with right now? We don't have to answer it today, but what's a question that's been on your heart that you'd like to put out into the universe that others might have answers to? Oh, uh, questions I probably have. I don't know that anybody has answers to because uh, it'll go from, you know, what does the future look like? I have three kids. They're married. They married wonderfully uh, uh, spouses. They have six kids between the, the three couples. The kids, the grandkids are wonderful. So I'd say, oh, I'd love to know what's the future. What sure. does that look like for them, for, my, yeah. for our grandchildren as, as they grow up? Uh, the other imponderable is, could somebody fix my golf swing? <laughs> I, I You're a big golfer, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> no? I, well, You're working I'm on it? I'm certainly not a good golfer, but sure. I love to play golf. And That's so awesome. if somebody could fix the slice that I've had for years, that would be... be You'll probably have some people reach out to you after this. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. I loved our conversation. Is there anything you want to add? No, I appreciate it well. And thank you for all that you've done, not not only in the community, not only your organization, but also what you've been meant to the Choose Greater Peoria initiative. Well, thank you, you. you really have done a, a wonderful job trying to herd the cats. <laughs> well, let's stay the course and keep working together again. Thank you. And I can't wait to share this episode. All right. Thank you, Misty. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marketing Sweats. In season eight, I'm sitting down with leaders from Peoria area businesses and civic organizations to talk about the huge collaborative effort underway to raise up our community called Choose Greater Peoria. We're all joining forces like never before to promote the place we call home, where you can work greater, live greater, and play greater. That's the Greater Peoria Advantage. To learn more about this movement, visit choosegreaterpeoria.org. And if you like this episode, you can hear more at our website, marketingsweats.com, or any of the major podcast listening platforms. You'll find over 70 episodes with guests like marketers, business consultants and leaders, personal and professional development coaches and authors covering a range of topics like B2B marketing, CX, brand building, data, tech, and more. That's a wrap for today. Keep up the good work, friends, and we'll chat soon. 